chapters 26 through 30 of Pep, Poise, Efficiency, Peace, by Colonel William Crosby Hunter. Recording by J. A. Carter. Chapter 26. Here is a universal prescription for happiness and an antidote for worry poison. This prescription is for old and young, rich and poor, weak and strong. In other words, it is for all. It is a precious prescription, and one I want you to remember and keep ever near you. It is one of the greatest helps in this whole study of ours. The prescription I am going to give you will cure you or your friends of worry. It is the boiled-down essence of this whole book, even as the Ten Commandments are the essence of the laws of the Bible. I want you to write this prescription for your friends. It is not necessary to diagnose the case as the prescription fits all cases and is a sure cure. Doctors have changed in their methods. The original doctor had charms, fetishes, and bitter medicines. Later on, the doctor cured the patient with vile smelling and bitter decoctions. Then came the time of bleeding the patient. I mean literally. Some of them still bleed the patients in the matter of fees. Doctors know that drugs, at best, give only temporary relief. Some of them are big enough to admit that 90% of the non-contagious diseases are diseases of imagination and can be cured through the mind. The doctor of today plays up hygiene, diet, and exercise. He gives you a small package of drugs and a big package of advice about eating, sleeping, and exercising, and the advice he gives you, free, is worth more than the drugs he charges you for. In all sciences, time has brought many changes. But this prescription is one that has endured for ages, and is one that will endure until time shall be no more. I call this great thing the golden prescription. It is composed of just eight ingredients, as follows. Good air, good water, good sunshine, good food, good exercise, good cheer, good rest, good thought. doesn't make much difference how the ingredients are used, just so you get all of them. Take up the list each night and see that every ingredient has been used, for the prescription is greatly weakened if any of the ingredients are left out. Every day you live, and you are going to have many days to live. Take these eight mind and body builders, and your life will be one of the great testimonials to the efficacy of the prescription. If you forget all else in this book, just remember this golden prescription, and tie it to the golden rule, and then you will have a good thing plus. Is it not a fact that the mere suggestion of this golden prescription and the anticipation of the benefits it is going to bring you have made you feel better already? Chapter 27 I am going to tell you about some of the ingredients in our golden prescription. One of them is sunshine. Not only sunshine of countenance and bearing, but the real, literal, natural, outdoor sunshine. Sunshine is a fine tonic for our physical bodies as well as for our mental selves. Nature intended our bodies should have sunshine. One of my good friends who believes in practical physical culture has worked wonders with her little girl by giving her sun baths. Every day she has the little one bask in the sunshine without a stitch of clothing. In the winter time, of course, the child is indoors getting the sunshine through the windows, but in the summer time the little one is out on the open porch. I wish you could see what a marvelous, smooth, healthy skin that child has. The mother has never had to call the doctor. The little girl never has a cold. She does not suffer from heat or cold or change in the weather. Years ago, everyone lived much of the time out of doors. 
Then worry and despondency were things very rare. With our modern civilization keeping us indoors so much of the time, we have witnessed a great change. With our indoor life shut in from the sunshine, we have brought gloomy thoughts to our gloomy rooms. Get outdoor sunshine, and you will bring in mental sunshine to the home, and you will spread cheer, will give courage, and will lighten hearts. Sunny homes make sunny people. Nothing will burn gloomy clouds like sunbeams of cheer. Foggy days make foggy thoughts, and these are the days we should make sunshine in our hearts to dissipate the gloom. The next ingredient in our prescription is good air. Go into a stuffy room or a crowded street car, and you will have a headache. Remain in an illy ventilated room all day, and you will have pains over your eyes. This is the warning from your business office, the brain, that you should go out and breathe fresh air. Fresh air contains oxygen. Oxygen purifies the blood. Good blood makes good bodies. Every drop of blood in your system goes through the lungs. The lungs are porous, like a sponge. The lungs hold the blood so that the oxygen can quickly reach it. Every breath of air you take goes through the sponge and mixes with the blood. As you expel the air, it carries with it the poisonous gas eliminated from the system. Don't you see that if you send in bad air to feed the blood upon, you will have starved blood, and that is mighty poor material with which to build new bones, muscles, or nerves? Every day, especially in the morning and evening, go out of doors, breathe in great big lungs full of pure air. Do not strain yourself, but fill every part of your lungs. Soon you will feel your blood tingling and your head will clear. Good breathing prevents sluggish blood. Sluggish blood leads to congested veins, congested bowels, congested liver, and indigestion. And we have learned that indigestion is responsible for most physical ailments. Isn't it a fine thing to know that you can burn out the impurities of the blood with good, pure air and deep breathing? Good air is necessary to good health. Open your bedroom windows, no matter how cold the weather is outside. Keep your body warm with covers, but let in plenty of air, and in the morning you will feel like a new person if you have been used to sleeping with the windows down. Do not imagine that it is necessary that the wind should blow through your room in great drafts in order to supply you with fresh air. If there is but one window in the room, then the door should be partially open to allow the fresh air to pass through. This chapter has had to do with air and sunshine, the two most valuable tonics in the prescription. You cannot take an overdose of either of them. Chapter 28 Natural exercise is best, because it is a pleasure as well as a benefit. Exercise in a gymnasium or exercise with apparatus is solemn, and it is exertion, and the mental wear offsets physical gain. You need no golf club, gymnasium, or apparatus to get natural exercise. Shanks mares are better than Kentucky thoroughbreds. It is not necessary to use vibrators, dumbbells, golf clubs, or artificial apparatus. You have within yourself two great things to exercise with, the legs and the lungs. The wild animal exercises in captivity. He knows nothing about apparatus. You have seen animals that have lived in cages for many years, some of them perhaps born in captivity. You have wondered how they have kept strong, because their lives in captivity are so different from their natural existence in the open. From the lion's health we draw a lesson. The lion makes the best use of his present existence. 
he cannot roam the hills jump the streams or have the natural exercise he is accustomed to but nature provides some exercise for him and all that is necessary to keep him in good shape is to stretch his muscles the cat at your hearth is formerly a wild animal and used to outdoor exercise but your cat and his ancestors have for many generations lived in the house the cat is today a domestic animal in his evolution from the wild beast to the present tame house cat he has never forgotten how to exercise observe him when he arises from a sleep the first thing he does is to stretch and flex the muscles the cat also teaches us the lesson of repairing the waste for after exercise he invariably lies down to sleep the farmer has his hay fields and his outdoor duties to keep him well exercised but you who live in the city do not have such advantages and you should follow the example of the cat who learned to exercise by stretching his muscles you can exercise while sitting in a chair or while lying in your bed or when standing up before a mirror stretch your muscles take deep breaths bend and twist your body this will do you more good than a gymnasium the trouble with the gymnasium is that it makes you exercise too strenuously you work hard with apparatus and get yourself into a sweat generally you feel too warm because the ventilation is poor and the atmosphere seems stuffy so you open the windows your skin being covered with perspiration makes a fine place for the draft to strike and cause cold or congestion the best exercises are walking breathing and stretching the muscles strenuous exercise is not good for you you know very well that the cup winners and pugilists and track men who are trained athletes are proverbially short-lived people strenuous exercise works the heart and lungs to double activity it builds up hard muscles it's true let me say if your work is strenuous then the exercise of your work will take care of the muscle building if you are not actively engaged with your muscles you do not need hard knots or double strength for the purposes of your occupation conservation of strength is better than waste of strength through exercise beyond your bodily need chapter twenty nine the first thing in the morning and the last thing at night and during the day when you have opportunity stand up and take in fifteen or twenty deep breaths do not stretch your lungs too much just good full breaths then stretch your arms legs and your body twist your neck from side to side try to bring every muscle of your body into play even at your desk you can exercise by sitting erect and taking in good breaths stand up and imagine you have a fifty pound weight in your right hand stretch your muscles and raise your arm as though you actually had fifty pounds in your hand you will be surprised to see the strength that you can put into that arm and how you can feel that the muscles have been well exercised if your exercise at night brings out the perspiration just before you go to bed rub your body dry with a rough towel it will be good to bathe with cool water first rub your body briskly until it brings a red healthy glow to the skin then go to sleep and you will have no trouble with insomnia exercise is nature's greatest medicine if taken in a common-sense way and it is a dangerous one if indulged into excess exercise is necessary to clean the muscles repair the waste but particularly for the purpose of adding new material physical exercise helps the circulation digestion and regulates the liver a good brisk walk good breathing as you walk a good drink of water before you start will break up constipation and bring about far better results than a dose of pills or drugs 
the great cause of constipation is lack of exercise and it is much better to prevent constipation by exercise than to attempt to cure it by putting poison into the system one is the natural method the other is the artificial natural methods are best drink plenty of water never ice water everything you take into your system passes out after the life-giving nourishing properties have been extracted solids pass through the bowels liquids laden with salt and other chemicals pass out through the kidneys and urinary ducts and through the pores of the skin a man of ordinary weight and in good health should eliminate about two quarts of liquid a day and over half of this goes out in the form of perspiration after exercise you should have rest for this is the time nature repairs your body and your brain and stores up energy for the body like a battery your battery must be replenished in order to have it complete its function so you see the necessity of proper rest when you worry you can't rest well and lack of rest prevents storing up strength and energy in your battery nature demands that you take rest you must have it exercise lets down the high pressure of nerve tension and rests the brain physical exercise not only brings about the desire for rest but it produces a natural tiredness that makes rest so sweet and enjoyable rest is nature's restorer it builds and strengthens it cleans the mind and makes you think better in the time of rest you get the benefit of thoughts which came to you in your active moments many of the benefits you get from this book will be gained because you read the chapters and learn the truths just as you go to rest and the impressions are permanent you should learn to take a few minutes rest at intervals during the day sit down in your chair quietly relax and endeavor to clean out the brain and relax the muscles you must exercise the lungs and diaphragm a good way to do this is to laugh the vibrations caused by laughter put the liver lungs and diaphragm in a quick jelly-like vibration and give pleasant sensation and exercise like that of horseback riding during digestion the movements of the stomach are similar to churning every time you take a breath the diaphragm descends and gives the stomach an extra squeeze and pinch the trouble is that the man who sits at a desk uses only part of his lungs and does not distend the diaphragm as nature wishes frequent laughing will make up for this lack of natural exercise of the diaphragm laughing wakes up the digestive organs the heart beats faster and sends the blood bounding through the body there is not a remote corner or a little inlet of the tiniest blood vessel of the body that does not feel the waves of motion occasioned by a good hearty laugh laughter accelerates the respiration and gives a glow to the whole system it brightens the eye increases perspiration expands the chest forces the bad air from the lung cells and tends to restore that exquisite balance which we call health health comes from the harmonious action of all the functions of the body working in a normal way this poise which we destroy by sleeplessness bad news grief fear anxiety or worry is fully restored by a hearty laugh laughter is an aid to digestion that is why public speakers tell funny stories at banquets it not only supplies the brain with cheerful thoughts and banishes worry but it actually aids digestion for your exercise each day you ought to stand up take deep breaths stretch the muscles walk several miles spend a few minutes in little mental recesses during the day and laugh and cultivate cheerfulness 
Say funny things, whether they come from your heart or not. They'll provoke laughter in the other person, and the very activity of trying to make others laugh will cause you to catch the spirit of it and learn to laugh yourself. Chapter 30 Can you control your thoughts and keep from worrying? You certainly can. Have a little patience and plenty of faith that your willpower is going to banish worry. If worry could be banished by saying, Be gone, in a few minutes there would be no worry in the world. Worry is the child of fear. You must defy your fear troubles. You dignify them with too much importance. You must learn to think of other things. You can control your thoughts and keep from worrying just as surely as you can control your actions in the presence of others. I will demonstrate this to you. You have known men who say they just cannot help swearing, and yet when they get in the presence of ladies they curb their language and they do not swear. Why is this? simply because they use willpower to control their tongues. You have worried, you have cried, you have been just miserable with the blues because you just could not help it. A child is hurt or someone is in distress and you rush to the rescue. Then where is your worry? Where are your tears? What has become of your blues? Your very thoughts were taken away from you by outside circumstances and new thoughts took the place of the worry thoughts and your tears dried and your worries vanished. Worry is incessant thought about yourself, coupled with fear and dread. You get into the mire of worry, and your feet get so tangled that you can't get out. You flounder and get yourself into a terrible fix, just because you give up and say you can't help it. But you can help it. Brace up. Exert your willpower. You are going to climb up out of it. Notice the importance of the word up. You are going to higher altitudes where you can see over the hills and get a broader view. There will be nothing dark and cloudy in the future to interrupt you in your journey and study. You must not worry about the weather. You must not grunt or growl. You must exercise and rest. You must learn to rest and to eliminate. You must cast off thoughts and cares about things you cannot control. Cut out envy. Pocket your pride, for envy and pride are partners of worry, and they intoxicate you into a mental state where you do not see things clearly. Get the good thought in. Say to yourself that you are traveling on the right road. No matter how you feel, you know you are right, and that is more to you than anything else in the world. Do not bother about what others do or say or think about you. You will not be sensitive to criticism. You know that the greater you are and the stronger you grow, the less you will be disturbed by what the they-say mischief-maker says about you. You have common sense, reason, good suggestions. You have acquired benefits in proportion as you have read and practiced the helpful truths we have brought to you in these chapters. From now on your progress will be greater than ever, for you are getting proof of what the mind can do for you when you make it do your bidding. There is now one special thing I want you to do for at least ten days. Do not go to the table at noon. Let your midday meal consist of one or two apples, skins and all. Chew them thoroughly. No matter how hungry you get, skip the noonday meal entirely, and you will be surprised at the benefit coming from giving your stomach a rest and house-cleaning with apples to help scour it out. Occasionally, in the future, try these ten-day periods of two meals a day, with apples only as a midday tonic. Use your allotted noon hour for quiet relaxation if your work calls for physical exertion, or use it for a walk if your occupation is of a sedentary nature. 
End of chapters 26 through 30. Recording by J. A. Carter. www.pleonic.com.